Welcome to another episode of Level Up. This is Katie, and we are going to be bringing you our third session of the OTB 100 this week. We are talking all about your annual budget. So you can tune into the live session that we brought to everybody last week. And if you'd like a copy of the annual budget resource that we are referring to in the presentation, just send us an uh, email. We will make sure to put it in the show notes or just connect with us through Instagram, and we'll make sure to get that resource over to you so you can start planning your budget for next year. We hope you enjoy this session and we will talk to you later. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. There we go. Okay, so to everybody who is back with us for another week of OTB 100, this is week number three of, I believe, 13 or so. Um, if you're just arriving in here, uh, just make sure that your mic is on mute. You're more than welcome to hang out on the video side of things or completely hide yourself. That's up to you. Um, but, uh, today we are talking money. So, uh, everybody who's here for the first time, all of the past sessions, week one and week two, which were on focus and your annual plan are available um, the YouTube videos are available on our YouTube channel, which is uh, Level Up, the podcast for realtors. Um, but you can also reach out to us. I'm pretty sure we've sent out resources to everybody who's signed up. Um, so if you weren't there for those, it is highly recommended that you at least give a listen or a watch to the first two weeks of this because those are the meat and potatoes of your year ahead. That is how you're going to set your plan going forward. And uh, it's a little difficult to start talking dollars and cents and marketing plans and everything else if you don't really know what those are tied to and what you're doing. So um, today is week three. And as you can see, we're talking about your budget. This is the dollars. This is the money. This is what everybody loves and is terrified of and is fearful of and excited about, depending on who you are. We're going to pull it all together today. And as with everything else, um, there is going to be a resource that I'll put in the chat uh, once we get to there that you can either follow along with or definitely work on after the session is over. Um, I'm Daniel. I'm here with Katie. We didn't Hello. introduce ourselves to everybody who's here for the first time. Um, and everything that we are putting on here right now will be available and uh, downloadable after the fact, as are all the other sessions. So not to worry if you've got to go early. Um, and also as always, if you've got any questions as we're going, just throw them at us in real time. We will answer as much as we can, Well, we'll answer everything. But if we know we're getting to it, then uh, we'll just say what we're getting to it. Okay. So are we good to go? I'm good. All right. Let's get going. Okay. So we are now going to talk about the stuff that keeps you awake at night. And everything that our plan is uh, focused on in one way or another is tied to the dollars and cents that you're making and spending over the course of the year ahead. Um, 
Now, in the first two sessions, when we talked about focus and we talked about your plan, a big part of that was establishing your why for yourself and the reason and purpose for why you're planning to do what you're planning to do next year. And not in every case is that a dollars and cents purpose. Um, however, when you're in this business and when you're making a plan, I mean, the key to it is actually doing real estate business, making money and ideally making more money and considerably more money than you're spending. And that's what the point of today's session is because it's really nice to talk about all the deals you get, all the revenue you're bringing in, but without having a bit of perspective on what it's costing you to do that um, in time, but especially in money, uh, sometimes you can have a bit of a skewed picture of the success that you're planning to have or the success that you have had uh, when you look at the total picture. So that's why today we're talking about the numbers and putting together an annual budget for next year for yourselves. Okay. And again, for those of you who are here for the first time, this is what the whole session, uh, the whole TB100 looks like. We're up to week three. We've covered the first two that are there. We've now got cute color coding to show you where we are at in the path. Um, but there's a whole bunch to come after this. It's fair to say that these three weeks um, are mandatory. I mean, if, if you're going to be able to make any sense of the rest of the stuff that you're doing, uh, however you do set your plan and your budget, it doesn't have to be with tools or anything we tell you, but you need to have direction before you start talking about the tactics and the strategies you're putting into place. So all the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about does get more specific. It does get into the weeds a little bit, um, but it is just, it's not even a contest between the usefulness of doing this when you've got a plan versus just trying to find out specific strategies without direction. So hopefully if you haven't yet, start to get your thoughts wrapped around uh, the numbers and the strategies at a high level for your own business next year. And if you want to follow us, all those little things on the side, there are places you can find us as well. All right, let's start with a quote. What do you say? Mm -hmm. Quote? Yeah. Go for it. It's my, it's, I've been reborn as a quote guy. Uh, <laughs> so this is, I'll be honest, and this is terrible as a finance guy. I don't even know who Dave Ramsey is, but this is a quote from Dave Ramsey. He's got a lot of really good quotes, so I kind of like stealing something from him. Uh, but this, is, this here says, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And that mm. is the point of what we're doing right now. You want to be setting the plan for your money. You want to have direction for your money as much or more so than yourself versus 2020 hindsight saying, holy crap, how come I have no money? Or I did 10 deals this year and I can't pay my water bill. Um, that's the point of a budget. And it's not just about establishing how much money you need to do what you want to do. It's about having a plan in place that gives you freedom after you've done everything you need to do to make some more decisions and to have uh, additional opportunities to maybe do the stuff that you're not sure if you're able to do. So by setting a plan like this, it puts you in a position to have clarity over what things will look like in the dollars and cents as you start to implement your plan and it'll all come together. Okay. I don't know if you want to jump in here too. <laughs> I can keep. Yeah, reading. I can. Oh, and I can jump in. Um, so for today, our goals are to obviously establish some direction for yourself, audit your current situation. I think it's important to recognize where you're at now, um, just in terms of your finances, as well as your just your understanding of your finances and how they operate day to day. Uh, then obviously confirm the plan, 
identify any challenges that you might have, uh, whether there's something that you're not sure of in terms of uh, how, how often should I account for this expense or maybe just a lack of understanding of, of how to put things on, on the tool that Daniel's going to provide or uh, just down on paper and be honest with yourself. I think a lot of us shy away from this type of thing. I know for myself, I certainly do. Um, Daniel is the finance guy and luckily we work together. So a lot of times I kind of default to what he knows and, and just him to take, take the lead on this kind of stuff. But I can tell you for sure, once I have a, when I do have a better handle on our finances and just in terms of what's going on day to day, it just allows me to have a better overall picture of my business. And, and that's really important for all of us. Yeah. And, and just, just to be clear, like you don't need to be any sort of a finance person to do any of this stuff. Like this is, and, and I don't profess to be a finance pro or anything. My background once upon a time was in that. But if you asked me for tax advice, I would ask you to call somebody else, even though that's Mm -hmm. what they did for a living once upon a time. Um, It's more about this is just this is an extension of your plan that just has numbers attached to it. And nobody knows your situation better than you and nobody knows where you want to be better than mm-hmm. you. So um, you've already established a lot of what that looks like in words and in ideas, tactics. And now you can start to combine that with what you already know about yourself outside of the real estate business and what you know about the commitments you've got financially. Um, and, and that will paint a picture that makes more sense for you. Um, so why not just have another quote that builds on that? Um, the idea though here, this is really important too, is that people think of budgeting as like, this is going to be like my allowance. Like this is something that I've got five bucks a week to spend. And after that, I can't do anything. So it's all about limits and it's all about setting parameters. And in some sense it is, but the idea is not about limiting yourself. It's about taking the things that are most important and most exciting to you and ensuring that there's space for them in your plan so that when it comes time to do them, you actually have allowed yourself to do so instead of struggling to figure out how to do it. So the quote, budgeting isn't about limiting yourself, it's about making the things that excite you possible. Those are two very different ways of explaining what a budget is. And depending on your perspective, you need to look at it as the second part there. This is just putting things in an organized fashion to allow you to do what you want to do. Um, And so a budget basically breaks down like this. And I just made this diagram myself and I see there's a broken picture link there, which is sad, but I'm pretty sure that picture link was a little bag of money or a dollar sign or something to that effect. Um, And so the idea here is, There's really only two pieces to most financial reporting. I mean, when you're talking about the money you're taking in, it's going to be the money in and the money out, your revenues and your expenses. What are you making? What are you spending? Once you start to have an idea of that, and we're estimating, so because this is a budget, it hasn't happened yet. If you could look in a crystal ball and know exactly what your revenues and your expenses were for next year, you wouldn't need a budget. You'd just go forward and know what you were doing. So you're going to take a best guess based on your plans um, and the approach you expect to take. Um, And so once you've established those, those become actual number dollar figures, which is what this broken picture looks like here. And then it's about laying it out in a way that actually times and organizes the numbers into when is this going to happen? 
Um, because it kind of goes without saying, logically speaking, if you know you're going to take in $500,000 this year and you're going to spend $250,000 this year, that looks really different if it's spread across 12 months evenly versus spending $250,000 in January and not seeing money come in until December. That would be a very tough year of not knowing what to do with yourself. So this goes beyond just understanding what the numbers are, and it's about laying them out in a way that ensures on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis, you're where you need to be. And if not, how can you take that today? Part of the reason this is being done in October for next year, how can you look at what it looks like right now and tweak that or adjust it to make it fit something that's going to be manageable and sustainable over the course of the year and hopefully growing and positive and all that. Okay, so the things you need to actually have in place and as you start this exercise, um, you can never have enough information when you're setting up this stuff. This is very similar if you were with us last year and we did the mind map portion of the annual plan, putting all your ideas out there, even though you might not be using them, that's the best way to start versus remembering down the road, oh yeah, I forgot such and such. I forgot the electrical bill comes every two months and it's this much. Or I forgot that um, you know, my split is this on these types of deals and this on these types of deals. Um, so the annual plan itself is important because that's going to lay out the actual Um, strategies and plans and goals you've got for next year, that's going to lead itself very well into some of your revenue estimates and projections for next year, because that's part of what the plan was, was starting to set goals for yourself in dollars and numbers of transactions. Um, Prior year information, which really is now, is this year, but even uh, uh, trends from prior years, whether it's last year, the year before, if you want to look at how numbers looked, if you've been in the business a while, in years that weren't quote unquote COVID years, maybe to just get a feel for how things might have looked in, in a world that hopefully is what next year will start to look more like. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more is better is this isn't just about your real estate business. This isn't just about how many deals did you do or do you expect to do and how much money are they going to be? Um, and it's not just about your commission split either. It's about every dollar and cent that goes in and out of your life. Because your budget cannot be your real estate business in isolation. And that being said, everything you do and whatever you take from sessions like this, you can make it whatever you want. If right now you feel like all you need is a real estate budget and the rest of your life is squared away in a different way that you manage, that's cool. But if not, if you really just want to gather all your thoughts and figure out the overall picture, have all that information available to you. So have your mortgage payment amounts and the timing of them have the childcare that you pay for whatever it is that goes in and out if you have another job if you have other streams of income this sort of an exercise doesn't need to be limited to just the real estate so the more you have the more robust and specific and useful your actual budget tool is going to be because it's all going to be there and it'll leave itself less susceptible to surprises okay this isn't actually a, a, a thing. I just decided to stick with the letter and it seemed to flow. So I made just it. made it up. <laughs> so budgeting C's here. These are kind of the four and there's more. We could come up with lots and I'm sure they'd start with different letters. But these are four 
uh, I guess, mindsets that you should have as you go into a budgeting process. And by all means, if you've got more ideas, especially if they start with C, throw them in the, uh, throw them in the chat. Um, but the four ideas are conservatism is number one. We all want to hit the home run. We all want to cut our expenses everywhere, get the deal on everything that we're spending money on. But when you're making a budget, it's a very dangerous practice to put your best case scenario in there. You don't want to be, just because your goal might be making a million dollars in deals this year or in GCI or in whatever, if last year you did $50,000, you might have a plan that is able to get you to the million, but you need to be real with yourself and you need to be conservative both on maybe understating your best case scenario on revenue and overstating your best case scenario on expenses because things happen. And that leads to the next point there, which is contingency. And contingency is preparing for the unexpected. So it doesn't matter how complete your budget is. This past 18 months couldn't be a better example of the things that can blindside us and the circumstances we can run into that can change our situation overnight. And so if you have a budget that is to the penny, the items that you require and that you see as important. Oh, sorry. Did that change the screen there? Sorry, my phone is connected to my computer and everything just closed while I was trying to pick up the phone. My bad. No, you're good. Everything's here. Yep. Okay, please bring your shared window to the front. My bad. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm back. Okay, so yeah, all I was saying there, contingency-wise, um, just know that things happen. And so you're going to want to have that in mind and there will be a buffer in your budget, potentially on both revenue and expenses. Definitely on expenses though, you're gonna to wanna to have some rainy day preparedness for things that might happen um, so that it's there. Complete, this is again going back to having more information rather than less. A budget becomes a lot less useful when you've only got half the information in there, right? So this isn't about what you deem important, because if money is coming in or out, it's important. It ties to the budget. A dollar is a dollar, whether it's your marketing plan or whether it's your accounting software or whether it's you know your daycare expenses. It's all gonna, in theory, come back to the same income stream, the same bank account at the end of the day. So the more complete you can be, the less worry about things like contingency you're going to need. So these all tie together in different ways, right? If you're complete, there's less un... Uh, unexpected stuff that pops up. If you're not complete, some of that contingency will actually be stuff you knew about and just chose not to put in there. That's going to blindside you. And then consistent. Take the same approach with everything that goes in there. Don't give, uh, again, don't give uh, a more attention to certain types of expenses than others because they excite you more, right? You want to be looking at everything, whether it's sexy or not, as a useful and important expense or a useful and important revenue. The same thing goes with revenue streams. If you're going to be doing um, you know, a lease a month this coming year, uh, you want to give those the same attention as you might give the two, three, four, or 10 buys and sells that you're doing. Just because the dollars might be different, everything ties. And this is where, if I throw a little bit of like a, a nerdy accounting term into this, the idea of materiality means the amount of money that would be big enough to impact a decision that you're going to make. And when we're talking about personal finances, I don't know about you, but virtually every dollar impacts the decisions that we make, 
right? And so it, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter if it's down to the pennies, but just because an expense is 50 bucks a month and you've got another expense that's $2,000 a month, you can't just turn a blind eye or think the $50 is less important because it adds up, it impacts things, and you've got to treat everything the same way as you go through this process. Okay. All right. Tool time. I should have put a picture of Tim Allen up there. I just, I laid off and went with the gray background. But I am now going to switch. Sad. It is. So if you can do some like audio filler while I pull up this tool here and I'm going to share this with everybody in the chat as well. Okay. Yeah. So this tool that we're going to put up is uh, an Excel spreadsheet and this is basically your annual budget. Um, so what Daniel is going to do is just share the link. Uh, it's a Google Drive link and you guys can take it. It's a it's to view only and you can make the copy for yourself so that uh, you're able to use it. And if you want to follow along with us while we're doing it, then um, that's that's great to do as well. So we will get that up. Do I want me to keep talking? Do I want me to like start telling some jokes? Yeah, yeah. Comic what did the accountant know? I don't even know any accountant jokes. <laughs> Anything you say about an accountant might just come across as a joke, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But here we are. All right. So I am going to just grab a link here that we can share with everybody. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put this in the chat. And so to everybody who wants to follow along, you can use this link. Now this is, this is a view only link. And I'll say this again at the end. Uh, this is a view only link, which means right now you're only going to be able to view it, logically speaking. Um, but if you were to save it as a copy onto your computer, you are able to edit this and do whatever you want with it. So right now, just for the, in the interest of not having a million people typing into the thing at the same time um, and kind of throwing off the demo, uh, right now you can just follow along and look at it. You can watch it on the screen here as well, but by all means, download it to your computer. You can play with it. You can adjust it however you want. But this is um, also, as I said with something else, this is an example of a tool you can use. This is just kind of laying out there for you the idea of, and there's some people joining in here. This is laying out for you an example of how you can start to organize the different ideas and things that you might want to do in organizing your budget. And so I'm going to jump right into it. And again, if you have any questions as we go, feel free to ask. I'll do what I can to, to answer them. Um, yeah, and if anybody has any problems accessing it, uh, just let us know. Um, you'll have to sign in. Um, to be able to download a copy to your computer. So hopefully everybody can can do that Right on and it looks like there's a bunch of you in it up here, which is good Hopefully it was just view so if any of you want to play a practical joke and start deleting cells just to show me that I did <laughs> Don't do it um, But okay couple of kind of ground rules to this first of all, this is very deliberately straightforward as I mentioned before you can adjust this however you want the way I've laid it out right now is that the shaded fields are the areas that you will be populating when you build your budget. Anything that's not shaded is either there for a reason to help guide you or it's formula driven and will start filling in as you fill in the other stuff. Um, also through most of the stuff on here, there, if there's a little triangle in the cell, if you put your mouse over top of it, you'll see a little comment that might give you some more 
guidance as to what that means or how to do it. So sort of like an instructional piece to it. Um, and all you have to do is just put your mouse over top and it'll give you what the comment is. And unfortunately, you've got to see my ugly mug there apparently every time you look at the comment, but it is what it is. Um, okay, so the approach we're going to take here is in a pretty clear revenues and then expenses layout. As you populate this, this might be something that you come to, come back to, realize you're missing information, that's fine. You can make this a work in progress as you go. Um, and this also very likely will create perspective for you when you're done that, as I mentioned earlier, might tell you you've, not, you've, need, you've got to change some things. You've got to maybe adjust your expectations on one side or address what you are looking to spend on the year because it's just not going to be sustainable. So let's go through this. Again, if you've got any questions, feel free to ask. We're going to start with the revenues here. So this top part here is breaking down on a real estate level primarily an, a breakdown of what it is you went through in your annual plan. Um, this is all estimates, estimates, estimates. This is all estimates. That's like how I said 2022 last week. Um, this is all estimates, so there's not a science to it beyond you knowing what it is you've planned for yourself, what you expect to do, what you hope to do in the year ahead. Transactions, this whole top part here, this is representing just your buy and your sell transactions, not your leases, because generally speaking, leases follow a bit of a different model on a, a brokerage to brokerage basis, the way that uh, splits are done, the way the fees are done, um, and also because they operate in a little bit of a different um, monetary or GCI to you, it's tough to average those out with buys and sells. So we put that in a, in a lower part down farther on the, on the spreadsheet. So number of transactions for the year. I'm going to do this and I'm going to fill this out right now as an example. Let's say you expect to do a buy or a sell every month. So you're going to do 12 deals this year. You're just going to click in here. You put a 12 and we're good to go. Um, these are formatted right now so that really all you have to do is just write the number. You don't need to put dollar signs and percent signs and things like that, but we'll get there. Your average transaction amount. This again is going to tie to your annual plan um, and maybe to, to a lesser degree to your focus, depending on how you've approached things, but it's going to speak to what um, do you expect to be doing in what neighborhood and what market and what types of buyers are you working primarily with first-time home buyers in a certain neighborhood? Are you working in luxury market? Um, and from all of those, again, it's not a science. If you do 12 deals, they're not all going to be $850,000. But where do you see it averaging out at, generally speaking, on a per-transaction basis? So let's say you expect them to be $900,000 per transaction over the course of the year. And your average commission, this is one spot that if you want to, right now I've got this as an average across buys and sells, as if to say, over the course of all of your deals, do you expect to be pulling in two and a half percent, whether it's a buy and a sell all the time? I know we've established that sometimes when you're a listing agent, your listing commission percentage might be, maybe you're somebody who discounts a bit because you also get the buy. Maybe you're usually 2% on a listing, two and a half on a buy. Um, it's up to you. This is going to be an average across the 12 transactions. What do you expect that average commission to you to be? This is not factoring in the split yet. This is not factoring in the cost to do business, which, uh, which we've talked about also, like we're going to get there with the rest of the budgeting. Um, let's say on average, you're going to be 2.25% is what you're going to take in. Now you can see. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry. And just going back to the material and the preparation for this, your brokerage might be able to provide you with either what you charge people to do your own average, or if they can provide you with an average, depending on the tool that they're using. But if you can get that information ahead of time, if you've done a full year of real estate this past year, that could be really helpful. Because a lot of people think, oh yeah, I charge two and a half percent for most of my deals, when in reality, it was closer to two. And that's going to make an impact on things. Absolutely. So you can see that now we're three cells in and already things are starting to populate down here. So we're starting to get a little bit more clarity on things here. So just from putting these three things in here, you can see that the total commission per buyer cell right now as a GCI is $20,250. Um, and this will continue to fill out as we go. Um, your split. So this is going to vary on a brokerage to brokerage level. Um, I recognize that not every brokerage even has a split. Some brokerages are on a flat fee, some are a combination of the two. If you are on a split, meaning that a portion or a percentage of your commission is going to your brokerage on every deal, you're going to put the amount that you retain here. So let's say you're on a 90-10 split, uh, and I've got that in the comments there. Let's say you're on a 90-10 split, you're going to put the number 90 here. So I just put 90 there. Okay, so more is filling out now. So you can see now your net commission. This, so this is giving you an initial, an initial net commission after you've paid your brokerage. You're starting to get more of an indication of what this $900,000 deal looks like on a deal-by-deal -deal basis once you factor out your average commission and what your split is going to be to your brokerage. And then if you, let's say you're a hybrid where there's a split and there's also a transaction fee every time you've got a transaction you're going to put what that per deal transaction fee is here. So let's say you're paying, I don't know, $250 a transaction. That's your admin cost or whatever it is your brokerage charges. You're going to put that here as well. Okay, so that's it's further adjusting down here. Trust me, the math works out, but feel free to audit that. You never know. Um, same thing goes if you're, on a, if you're with a brokerage that maybe just charges a flat fee, you'll put 100% here in your split and you'll put the transaction fee down here. Uh, if there is no transaction fee, you'll put nothing there. So it's all kind of, it, it's obvious to me, but sometimes I don't kind of lay it out there. So if, if there's stuff that you're unclear about, or if you've got a specific situation, um, you can adjust this as you see fit. And again, if you've got a situation that breaks out splits in different ways, or if it's a tiered system, it might be a situation where you've got to add a row or two. Um, and we can try to help you with, you know, making those formulas work and all that. Um, but right now, this is a sort of a midway between beginner and advanced and detailed and not detailed approach, detailed approach to things. Okay, so the next thing we're going to do is we're going to look at, we talked about how the two elements to a budget, sorry, I'm just gonna check the chat here. Oh, I'm glad it's an eye opener. That's true, just wait. <laughs> We've only talked about 12 deals. Oh wait, there's more. Um, so, We've talked about how the numbers are obviously the most important part of the budget, um, but also the timing is what plays a huge part of this, right? Because those 12 deals, I mean, I said those are gonna be one per month, but maybe you take the summers off, or maybe you know that you don't plan to ramp up your business until April or whatever. This part here is where you can, again, at a high level, this isn't a seasonal approach to things. So this is laid out in a way that basically defines the year as four quarters. And winter, spring, summer, fall could be Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. For this spreadsheet, it's treated as January to March, April to June, 
uh, July to whatever the three months away thing is, September and October to December. <laughs> um, and so again, structure it how you want, but that's how it's laid out here right now. It's also split into two buckets of real estate and other. We talked about the fact that for a lot of us, real estate might not be our sole source of income. If you're starting in the industry, you might have a full-time job right now that's actually what will be paying the bills as you work on your real estate business. Um, you might have a side hustle. You, who knows, right? You might be doing things that are making more money, and you've got to account for that here too because you're going to be accounting for the expenses that fall outside of real estate here as well. So um, the caveat to that, because I mentioned before, if you just want to use this as a real estate tracker and you don't want to be factoring in things that aren't real estate related, you can just leave that blank. It won't impact your, uh, your spreadsheet. If you just focus on the things that are real estate related, this will just spit out numbers that are real estate related. So it's all segmented so that you can have perspective on what's happening in all parts of your life financially, not just the real estate side. So um, the one thing you just have to do here, and it says here must equal 100%, I don't have something set up here that's going to disallow you from going forward if you don't put a hundred percent of your time here. So just self-monitor and it will keep track. If you put 20% and 30%, you could see it's keeping a running tally down here. You want this to equal a hundred percent because that's the only way you're fully allocating your revenue across all the, the months of the year. Um, so let's say again, you're taking the summer off and then you're going to have a crazy hard winter, hard in a good way. You're going to be just working your butt off and making lots of money. 20, 20%, First three months, you're gonna pick it up in the spring, summer you're taking off, and then you're gonna get the back end of your 50% of your revenue there. Um, keep in mind, don't do this for a, this is what seems cool to me perspective. Do this in a, this is how I actually plan to run my, run my business perspective. And also, be aware if you are taking an approach like this, where you're backloading a lot of revenue, you'll see the impact this has on your bottom line on a month to month basis, but it also, um, just on a, 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 I guess, mental health perspective can create potential stress if you're putting yourself against the ropes to do the majority of your business at the end of the year. If you have not reached your goals to the dollar in the beginning, or if you're just bang on, and then you take the summer off, you're going to have three months of going super hard. So just understand what you're putting down here, but it's totally up to you and how you run your business. Can I ask a question? Nope. Yes. Well, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, should we be thinking of this in terms of what, like, what, how the flow of money is coming in? So let's say you had a really good winter, like January to March was like super good for you, but you're not because closings are 60 to 90 days out, you're actually receiving that money in the spring. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is that like, is that how we want to look at it? So really the fall closings or the fall, uh, I guess, business that turns into closings in the winter is, is when you account for the win it's in the winter. Yes. If that makes sense. That's okay. A very important point and a good question. Yes. Okay. Because, Why, thank you. <laughs> because yeah, when you're talking about expenses, which is, this is going to tie to expenses generally don't work that way, right? Expenses are not, you know, I'm going to pay my rent in three months because that's what I feel like. Right. And so this needs to be tied. And I might even change this from income flow to cash flow because that's what you're saying. It's when am I actually seeing the cash? Am I going to have the money right. to pay the expenses? 
Um, and a lot of us have fallen into this. I know early in, in our real estate careers, it's like, yeah, okay, we did deals, we can pay the bills. And they're like, oh shit, like, but we don't have that money for three months. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess like it's good. I mean, we, the reason why we did the OTB 100 for the last hundred days of the year is to prepare you really well for 2022. But a lot of the stuff that you're going to be doing in the next few months is going to go towards your 2022 winter income flow. So just kind of, I guess, consider that. Yeah. And, and it should in some ways help define the rest of the year too, right? Mm -hmm. We've got three closings that are happening between January and March. And you know that by November, December, lay that in there against how many deals you're planning to do for the year. Cause also understand that that means that the deals you do and close or, or and firm up in the winter of next year might be part of your 2023 plan. Right. So it is kind of cyclical in that sense, but yeah, you're right that if you're, if you're accounting for this to be the deals you actually put on paper, on a month to month basis, it's not going to tie well. So that's a really important point. And I don't think I wrote that in here either. No, I didn't. So we might even change that in the comments on here so you guys can keep track of that. Um, same thing goes for other. Let's say you've got a quote unquote day job and you're making $50,000 a year. Um, and this is all one thing to note this is pre income tax. So we're trying to be like very specific into the dollar and all that, but we're not factoring in all of that other stuff. So this is going to give you what your income should expect, what you should expect to be before you file your taxes. So don't worry about taxes unless you've got big penalties you have to pay separate from that. That might be an expense you've got to pay this year. That might be too technical. But anyway, let's say you've got a $50,000 salary and it's spread over the course of the year. You expect to hold this job for the year. I'm just going to go an even split over the course of the year that your other income is just coming in in an even flow over the course of the year. That's all you've got to do here. As long as these bottom two numbers equal hundred percent, you're good to go. Um, if you don't have any other personal income, you can leave this blank. You can make it equal hundred percent. It won't matter because it's going to be mapping $0 over. So it won't impact any of the other numbers anyway. Okay. So now we jump forward. We haven't talked about leases yet. Um, this is maybe a bit of laziness on my part. I didn't put things like your brokerage deals and the specifics of it here rather than take what you expect to do in lease income net of fees and put that number here for the year. So rather than number of deals and how much your fee is and how much your split is and all that, if you expect to do a lease a month, and you expect to make roughly $1,000 net per lease. And by net, I mean the number that comes after you've paid your brokerage for whatever it is that it might cost. That's what's going to go here, your annual amount. Um, so if that was the case, let's say you're doing one a month and you're making, uh, making $1,000 per lease, you're just going to put $12,000 here. And that's that. Pretty straightforward. Um, and I didn't see there, but there's a chance one of my formulas wasn't working. So I might have to check that. And I feel like this happened last year also. There was one formula that wasn't working. If it's not, not to worry, we will redistribute this file to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we'll send it out in the email. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I didn't see any numbers change there. So tough to say. But anyway, um, so that's what's going to go there in the lease section. And then other personal income, this is where all the revenues, which are not tied to real estate. So whether it's that side hustle or your other job or whatever it is you do, this is where the other income is going to go. And this is just cash in again. So we said you've got a $50,000 day job. 
and that is the other money that's coming in. So I'm gonna put 50,000 and that's here. Okay, so as we work all this out, you can see a few things here in this summary. And this is basically your really high level annual revenue summary that ties all of this other stuff together. We've established what your total pre-brokerage uh, split commission is going to be, plus HST, again, we didn't factor in the taxes on this. Um, we've established your net commission for each buy and sell, so you're coming home with just under 18,000 out of that 20,250 per deal, which works out to a net annual commission. Let me just see here. Oh no, this is working in the leases, I just didn't see. Okay, so this number here is 12 transactions times your net commission per deal, so that's how much you're making off your buy and sells, and then it's adding in this 12,000 on top of that for the lease money. That's what this 227,000 is. So that's your net annual real estate income, your net annual uh, commission coming in. We add in your other personal income that you've got, and that gives you your total annual revenue of 277,700. That is your revenue profile for the year, as you've got it right now. Again, just because you've typed it in here and it's October 8th, doesn't mean that now you've written it in blood and this must be so going forward. Things can change as you work on the following weeks of the plan, as you look at your expenses, you might realize that things have to be tweaked up or down in all of these different areas. And you're allowed to do that. And you should do that now versus in May of next year, right? As you're like, ah, I guess I, I guess I wasn't really there with my budget. So let's just tweak this revenue down or whatever. I mean, it happens, but the budget exists to be a goal to which you're working, and you have a plan that supports that. Okay, so if there's no questions about the revenue side, oh wait, there's something in the chat, or did I just miss that? Okay, um, okay, we're gonna to jump to expenses, and there are lots. There is no limit to the number of expenses you can have, because we all love to spend money, <laughs> and some of it we need to, and some of it we want to. This is uh, by no means a complete list. This is an overview of the sorts of stuff that most people will expect to have um, in one way or another or not in their lives, both in real estate and on the personal side of their lives. Um, so right away you can see there's tons of shaded inboxes here. You don't need to and you won't be filling in all of them. You're going to use this basically like a checklist of numbers where you get to establish all the things that you spend money on and not just what they are and not just how much, but when is it that you spend that money? So we can go through a few of these, but really, I mean, it's gonna be pretty straightforward once you see a few of these. Um, I don't know why this is, I guess I made, sorry, I, I took uh, one of the other expenses and wrote it in here. So the first thing I'll say is you can add all the expenses you want down here. There's extra buckets if there's stuff that isn't covered, specific things to your situation that you want to keep track of. Um, you can just write in whatever heading you want. You know, I have, you know, baseball cards that I'm going to spend $10,000 on this year and I want to put it into my expenses. Um, whatever you want to write, you can write in there. Um, so there we go. Um, but the first thing to note is that you've got two buckets here. You've got personal and you've got real estate. And we've deliberate, deliberately put that in there as well for the same reason we've split your revenues out because if you want to be able to track the money that gets spent in your real estate business specifically, you can break that out here and set up your own 
income statement just for real estate in this tool, while at the same time looking at the overall picture and vice versa. So uh, basically, as you go through this, you're going to determine, okay, how many of these things do I have? This is a great way for you to look at all that stuff you've already taken aside, the shoebox of stuff, the info you've collected, and say, oh, crap, I forgot about the electricity bill, or I forgot that I'm going to donate you know, $2,500 to charity because I always do every year and it's going to be at this time. So find and, and start to gather all these things. Hopefully this is a pretty complete list of the major stuff and a lot of the things that fall under the line are going to be specific um, to your situation. But you're going to go through this line by line. Auto insurance. Okay. Um, and I'm going to pull back for a second as well. I've put things like auto insurance you see car insurance here under real estate as well. For those of us who attach certain expenses to our business, especially those of us who maybe have built a prac or a real estate corporation for yourself in the last year, um, if your accountant advises you to have certain expenses falling within your real estate business, then put them on the real estate side. Um, if not, and if it's just something that you're spending money on and it's part of your personal business or you've got another job or you've got tax returns against which you're putting these, you can put it wherever you want. You Maybe you split it between the two. It's up to you. Um, but let's say, okay, you pay auto insurance. How often do you pay your auto insurance? Is it a once a year thing? Is it uh, something that's taken out with a single cost that's charged across every month evenly? Um, or, or is it a monthly fee that you know the monthly cost? So those are kind of, I mean, there. I guess there are other, you could have quarterly, you could have things like that. I didn't break it down that specific. You could do that. Um, but let's say your auto insurance, you pay it every February and your auto insurance this year is going to be $3,000. Let's say you put $3,000 under one time because it's paid once a year. And then you just choose the month that you're going to be paying it. So you're going to be paying it in February. No problem. You're done with auto insurance. Um, let's say uh, auto repairs is something that isn't paid one time, but you want to account for the fact that you've got a, a bit of a lemon of a car and four or five times a year it breaks down and you need service. Or you know you're going to get an oil change twice a year and you're going to get this and you're going to get that. But really all you know is you're going to be spending roughly 2500 bucks this year on repairs because that's what it always seems to cost you, but you don't really know when. So you're just going to want to spread that out over the course of the year. So this sort of falls under that contingency. Um, even though it's a number that most likely will happen, you don't know when, so you want to spread it evenly. So you've got a bit of money stowed away for those car repairs. So under auto repairs, you're just going to put annual. Annually, it's going to cost me 2500 bucks, And that's just going to be split, split across all things. I mean, the same thing would work if you took that and divided it by 12 and put that number in the monthly. It'll do the same thing. Um, but you don't really want to think about a monthly cost. You just want to think about what this is going to cost me for the year. You hope it doesn't, but it's there. Same thing for maybe clothing costs. You've got to buy, you know, you know, you've got the back to school clothes. You know, you've got the once your office reopens and you want that cool new outfit cost, you're going to be getting new this, new that, whatever. Um, so clothing, you're going to be spending, you know, 1500 bucks over the course of the year. Um, and you do this exercise across all of these. So this is more... The personal side of thing, maybe your health insurance, same sort of thing. You pay that once a year. Um, if, especially as realtors, you know, you might not have coverage paid for by a company and you're paying into a plan yourself. Maybe health insurance costs you $450 a month and that's just a bill you pay every month. So you put that in there. Your home insurance, you're paying once a year. This might start to get repetitive. I know I can't see anybody's faces on videos if eyes are rolling already, but 
you get the idea. This is where this is where it goes. Your yeah. Own- and a lot of this stuff can be just just go to your bank account and download like the transactions that you've done over the past few months just to get you an idea of the recurring expenses that you incur. Um, and then take a look at your credit card statements as well. Just go through all those. That's going to really, you know, open your eyes to the types of expenses because you will forget about a lot that you're you're spending every single month. Um, and I think also it's important to recognize that this seems pretty overwhelming. I mean, I know to me it does. It's like, oh my God, like I don't even know where to start. Um, but start with the information that you have in front of you that you can easily download and just start plugging away, putting it in. Um, it really isn't as bad as you might think it is. Um, and just as Daniel said before, like just try to put as much information as you can into it so that you can get the most out of your budget at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. And, and that was really, really good advice that you said there. So I'm going to say it again, the bank account, the bank statement and the credit card statement. Very few of us use cash for anything anymore. So almost everything you're spending is flowing through one of those two things. And not only will you forget stuff for the purposes of this, but I guarantee you, if you're anything like us, you'll have forgotten about something that you're spending money. Yeah. You didn't even know it's you're spending true. money. It's one of it's those true. Kind of monthly things. You know, your kids signed up for a Roblox account and you forgot to cancel it and they're getting free. 100%. There's going to be things you find. So even just from a personal management, it's a good exercise to do to just take a look at your statements. Um, yeah just to keep track of what you're doing. But it's, it, it's a great, that coupled with this list, hopefully you'll cover virtually everything. Um, yeah. And then also remember that this is a budget. So there might be things that you're not spending money on yet, but that you know you're gonna have as part of your plan next year. And you might not even know what that looks like. Like if you've just started, you might realize that lead gen is something you're gonna wanna be investing in. Um, take this time now to start doing some research into what that might cost. Ask questions. Um, because you might not know right now, but you're going to want to have that in there rather than saying, I'll figure it out when the time comes and then I'll put it in my budget. It doesn't work that way because <laughs> right? yeah. this budget is laid out for that. And uh, so I'm going to put a couple more things in here and then we're going to kind of wrap this up and what this looks like all together. Then we'll kind of pull it back to the presentation and answer any further questions you guys have. Um, so lead generation, let's say you're going to do lead generation once a month, you're paying 300 bucks. You've got your annual dues, which again, you might want to split this down here into, you know, Rico, Treb, Aria, whatever else you're spending money into. Let's say it's costing you $2,000 a year and you're spending that in September or whenever it is. So you've got this. This is going to be populated a lot more in theory, uh, unless you really run a tight ship and only have four expenses in your life. Um, <laughs> and what this is going to do is it's now now you're done with populating this is just going to give you the second tab that's on here which if you guys are viewing this you might have already skipped ahead and looked at it i don't know if you're able to do that but very simple month by month breakdown of what this is going to look like to you in actual dollars and cents so i'm going to go through this and this all continues to update and populate as you change and update things on the other tab. The point of this, above all else, is to make sure you've got enough money to pay your bills on a monthly on a monthly basis. This isn't about yet. This isn't about saving or investing or am I going to have enough to buy that pre-con that I've been looking at. 
First and foremost, this is, does my plan support me being able to survive? That's number one. Mm -hmm. And so there's a few, we, we talked about how we spread, spread this into real estate into everything. So this first three columns here is just your real estate business. And if you just take that from your 239,700 in revenue, uh, which uh, I will make sure that that ties again, I'm gonna check all these formulas again. You can see that it's broken down your bigger number into the seasonality that you set forward there. Um, again, you could break that down on a month by month. I did it quarterly, but this is breaking down where that revenue is going to show up. And then it takes your expenses and how you've broken those down just from the real estate side. So this here, the 12,400 uh, is the combination of these one times these annuals and this every month. Okay. And it's taken it in the, or sorry, the real estate side, my bad. Um, it's this one time this over the course of a year and then 700 a month that spreads out when you go to the summary that 700 a month is in all of these months. That 2000 annual is the other 166 bucks a month that's been spread out. And then that one time License fee is the extra 2000 that's here and the more you build this out the more these numbers will look different against each other But what that does is it takes your total revenue for the month Minus your total expenses you project for the month and says okay You want that to be a positive number If it's a positive number. You're gonna have enough money to cover the expenses That's just on the real estate side. Then we factor in Your other revenue. So this is your $50,000 which you've spread spread evenly across all the months That's gonna add in as a plus and then any additional personal expenses that you might have had there on the personal side. And then how do you finish at the end of the month after everything? So this brings it all together. Um, according to this, if everything went to plan, at the end of the day overall, you're going to be in great shape. Now, keep in mind the expenses we put in there are extremely limited. They're like we've got total expenses of $25,000 that you've put into the spreadsheet on you know almost three hundred thousand dollars in revenue that's not a realistic situation for most people so you will potentially run into more situations like this especially here you've projected your summer you're not going to be doing any revenue but you still have expenses including a big license fee there so if you haven't been able to pad your stats in these first months with revenue you're going to be in a deficit and under in these three particular months. And that's something that it's better to be aware of now than to get there and go, oh crap. Um, keep in mind though, that these are all individual positive figures on a month to month basis. So if you're a plus 15,000 in January and a minus 5,000 in February, you're going to have that extra money you made in January as a running total to cover that shortfall in February, right? So. The importance is the timing of it. If you were to start your year with negatives for like the first three, four months of the year, are you equipped to cover that with savings you've got with other plans? Or do you need to take a look at your plan and establish whether or not this makes sense? The more you put into the expense side of things, like if you start to put in things like your, your mortgage, like let's say you're paying on a monthly basis, you know, 2,200 bucks a month in your mortgage, all of a sudden, what did this do? Now you've got, you know, in September, you've got an overall deficit just because now your expenses have drastically um, increased on a monthly basis. 
uh, you can see now over here, they're a lot higher. Your overall net income just went down by another almost $30,000, right? So the more you add, the more you're able to give yourself perspective onto this. And again, um, I do want to make sure that all the formulas are working. It seems like most of them are, but there's one that I'm not sure, but my brain's kind of mushy right now. So I'm just going to make sure. Um, but anyway, that is really the long and short of it. The idea after that is you're going to go back. You're going to reevaluate if you missed anything. You're going to reevaluate if it makes sense. If maybe in a situation like this, if you come out of it and your net income looks really, really high, that's not a bad thing, but did you reach too far maybe on your revenue projections? Like, did you go a lot farther than what you've been used to and maybe a lot farther than what your expenses are going to support, right? Because a lot of the revenue that you're going to generate based on your strategy is going to be tied to certain tactics and investments you're going to make on your strategy side, right? So as part of your strategy is robust marketing plans in order to generate that revenue, you better make sure that that's reflected on this spreadsheet. Like right here, advertising and promotion, you know, $250 a month may not be in line with what it is that your plan has laid out. Mm -hmm. So if there's any questions about this, let me know. I'm just going to go back to the, uh, the main presentation here. Yeah. And we'll send, we'll, we'll do a quick check on the, um, the formulas and then send this out by email. I'll try to attach it as well as an Excel sheet. So you could just download it right to your computer once it's ready to go. But you do have that link there if you just want to play around with it for now. Yeah. And, and again, you can make whatever adjustments to it that you want. If you're Excel savvy or Google sheet savvy, I mean, it's all the same formulas. If you're used to Excel, which I yeah. would be like, this is Google, it's the same formulas. So, um, Make it what you want to make it, make it work for you, but try to keep the overall premise the same behind it. Because the goal here is to have a clear picture in a way that makes sense to you, but that is real and is not serving a purpose that you want to get to. Okay, the budget is not there to paint a rosy picture. The budget is there to tell you what is real and what you want to expect and plan for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you're smiling, something's funny. I don't know what's funny. No, it's just, uh, you said, doesn't paint a rosy picture, <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't scare the crap out of you either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, you, you don't want to, you don't want to just like make yourself so demotivated by your budget that you want to leave the business. But the idea but it's, it's helpful. I mean, I think a lot like, it, like top producers out there, they know their numbers, they know what they're bringing in, they know what their average commission is, they know what their expenses are, like this is where we want to bring you guys to the point where you know every single month where you're going to be at. It's not going to be like, oh crap, am I going to have enough money to, to spend on this? It's, it's got to be, I know where I'm at, I'm confident, and this is what I'm spending my money on every single month. Right. And, and get into that habit because it, you know what, there's some, you know, quote unquote top producers out there who make so much money that they don't think about this and they're leaving mm. money on the table. Right. Yeah. So, Make sure you're aware of what's happening. Just because you're doing really well doesn't mean that you're not wastefully spending potentially or making sure that aren't right. Um, and yeah. this is sort of one last quote from a guy we all know and love, Warren Buffett. Um, and the quote is, do not save what's left after spending. Or should I enunciate that better? Do not save what's left after spending, but mm. spend what is left after saving. And mm. the idea there is you want to be able 
to create, it's better to create a buffer for yourself and it's better to prepare for things that you might want to do rather than do all the things you want to do and see if there's anything left to save. If you've got a plan in place that leaves that buffer there, whether it's for contingency or all the things we talked about before, or a rainy day fund, or the ability to add strategies or build on your plan, that's a lot easier than trying to do everything because it looks like it fits, only to find out you've got nothing left. So it's kind of a fancy way of saying save before you spend in order to allow you to spend right? It's, this isn't saying just make as much money and put it all away because you're going to need it someday. It just means the way that you plan is, uh, it's, it's smart. It's gotta be smart. Yeah. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, ironically, the word I was looking for was a reflection of what I wasn't being at the time. <laughs> so, right. um, okay. So I, uh, there's, hey, look, I'm wearing the same shirt. You're not wearing the same shirt. <laughs> I actually only have one outfit, like, uh, like <laughs> a gadget. It's got a closet full of the same shirt, level up branding. Um, but yeah, so that is your quick and dirty overview of budgeting. We're always happy to talk with anybody after the fact and, uh, and answer any questions you've got. If there's anything specific to your situation, if you're having issues with the tool or suggestions, um, there will yeah. be another OTB 100 next year, and we will probably do another budgeting session next year. So anything that you learn or run into as you're doing this that you think could be helpful, we're always all ears. And uh, Yeah. Does anybody have any questions before we sign out? You can hop on the chat, or you can come on video if you want and Ooh. hang out with us for a couple minutes. Hang out with us. Yeah. Hang out with us. Chill. Friday of a long weekend. We're all just hanging out now. I got nothing else to do. They'll just stay alive until tonight. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. My photos for my new listing got rescheduled till next week. So I don't have to do that and get stuck in traffic downtown today, which is great. That is yes. Great. Happy Thanksgiving, Linda. Happy. I hope you guys all have a relaxing weekend. I hope nobody has showings or anything going on this weekend. I hope it's relaxation. Yeah, I've got there's I've got one showing book this evening, but there's already an offer on the property, and deep down, I hope they go firm before they go down there. <laughs> so this is what we talk about. An offer, just yeah. close the deal, or if you're the listing agent, just accept the thing, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is how realtors actually think sometimes. Yeah, it's true, especially, especially on, the, on a Thanksgiving yeah. long weekend. Okay, well, and right. to everybody else who might have been coming late, this whole session will be available. We put these up on YouTube now. Um, I'm not 100% sure if this one will become a podcast episode because it was a little bit more visual than a podcast might lend itself to. Yeah. Um, Denise has a question for us. Yep. Here's a question. We have a question. Um, do you have any recommendations for an advertising budget for a new agent? That's a really great question. Um, I do think it does tie back to your focus and your annual plan in terms of what it is you where you want to be spending your advertising dollars. Um, we talked and and we can we'll link to the sessions or Denise, I'll send them to you afterwards. But if you um, you know are looking to if you're a converter, for example, and you want to use online leads as a way to get business, then that type of a cost you could spend you know a few hundred dollars a month 
on getting online leads, having a really good CRM tie-in, like a, an agent locator or something like that. Um, if you're looking to farm geographically and you want to use direct mail, um, we always recommend starting off with a smaller uh, number of, of, of households that you're, you're reaching out to. So maybe start with like 500 to 1,000 and then ramp up from there. And like the higher producers are obviously doing a much, much bigger spend on that. But um, I don't know, like, I don't know what you'd say, Daniel, like a couple hundred dollars a month would be kind of a yeah, basic. I mean, it, yeah. It will tie into your strategy, but I think for me, don't fall into the pitfall of what a lot of different advertising platforms will give you, especially in our industry, which is, hey, all you got to do is one deal and this whole thing is paid for, yeah. for clear, right? Because that's not how you can look at a strategy, right? Just because on the surface, 300 bucks a month seems like nothing. If you make 15 grand off of one deal, it's paid for, right? That might be yeah. true, but if it's not going to be consistent with your strategy, it's still a waste of money, right? Or, or if you pick uh, an advertising strategy that casts too wide of a net, I do find that that generally is going to be a waste of money unless your focus is being a prospector or a converter that just wants names and numbers, but they don't necessarily need to be in your niche or in your target market or in your wheelhouse, um, which less and less is the case for people. Like you can always find companies, brokerages or, or anything that'll promise you leads, but ask yourself what these leads are. What's the likelihood of them becoming business? Are they the types of people I want? And what sort of effort needs to be invested into them to actually turn them into business, right? Mm -hmm. um, I could sell you a phone book for five bucks and that's a million leads, right? Actually, yeah. I could because I don't have a phone book. I don't even know if they make it. <laughs> so I take it back. Don't, 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 don't take me up on that. Probably costs more than five bucks to get a phone book. I don't um, think so. But yeah, I think advertising strategy, we, we've dabbled in so many different things here. And a lot of that is just to get an understanding of how different things work and how value for money can be associated with different types of advertising. Um, you know, we've spent money on radio, which has gone really well, but again, it's an example of do you, are you prepared to be consistent with whatever advertising you choose? Cause it really doesn't matter what the medium is. You can spend as much money as you want, but if it's going to be a month of one campaign followed by a month of a different one, that's where you're going to guarantee that you're not successful. You've got to be consistent and understand what not just the cost to launch a campaign is, but what the cost is to sustain the campaign. And if you can do that without an expectation of immediate reward of revenue and deals, you'll be okay. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Like you cannot tie your advertising dollars back to your revenue. Um, and you might be able to down the line once you start seeing like the consistency and how that actually plays out, but that should not dictate um, your, your revenue. Um, but it is how a lot of people try to pitch you, which is unfortunate. So don't fall for those kinds of pitches. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but that's a great question. Yeah. Can't, can't give you an exact number because everybody's goals and, and, and comfort level is different, but yeah, honestly, if it, if it's comfortable, it's within your budget and it fits your strategy, then it's the right number. Yeah. Cop out answer. <laughs> All right. So if there are no other questions, we will, did we, oh no, we're over an hour. 
what happens in your Man, that's what budgeting does it's like budgeting does. <laughs> it's the most exciting part of everybody's day yeah but the good news is next week we're doing the wrap-up so you're gonna look at your annual plan like anything that you didn't get a chance to do over the next few, the last few weeks um this next week is your week to catch up put everything in order because then we're gonna go right into some systems and specific strategies as daniel had, had touched upon before um just to get you like CRM, like that's so huge, um, such an important system to put in place um, and all, all the other stuff that we had talked about before, so. Yeah, so if you yeah. have signed up on the Zoom, you're signed up already, so you don't need to re-register. Um, going forward, the same link will work every week. Um, yeah. If you're here on Facebook, we're, we're showing up live on Facebook also every week. Um, and next week will just be pretty much an ask us anything. So this wrap up is going to be just an opportunity for you to log in, dive into problems or questions you've got about this process or anything really in general. Um, we've done that in the past on the real estate road. For those of you who are watching there, something we just like to do for the industry. Also, if anybody's got questions or situations or things you want to talk about, we're just going to have a bit of a love in next week. So it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We're happy that you came and we hope you all have a great Thanksgiving weekend and we'll see you next Friday.